Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. In 1975, seven loggers working in Arizona claimed to have had an encounter with a UFO. One of the men approached the spaceship and went missing for five days. Today we discuss this story and whether or not these men are lying, or if they actually encountered an alien aircraft. If they're lying, why? What did they have to gain? Why would they allow their reputations to be questioned? If they aren't lying, what happened to Travis, the man allegedly abducted? Also, why oh why are we talking about hypnosis again? I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you've ever gone missing for five days and swore it wasn't a Coke and tequila bender, stick around. You may have just been abducted by aliens. This is Necronomapod. I was working with a crew of men in the woods, and uh, we left the area. We'd worked late that night. It was getting dark. And as we were leaving, um, down this uh, dirt road way back in the, in the woods, we saw a large glowing object near the road. Well, we stopped the truck and I got out, went up to it for a closer look. I thought that this thing was just gonna shoot right off. And, you know, I hurried towards it thinking, you know, it'll be gone before I get close enough to see it that well. But it uh, didn't leave. So just to establish at the start here, Travis Waltman did associate with Betty Hill quite a bit, right? They used to hang out and frequently do drugs together. No, no. no. Later um, on in life at UFO conventions. They would hang out. And yeah. Not kill. do drugs together, but yeah. Well, if you ask me. They were old at that time. Okay. So I got my Betty Hill reference out of the way at the top <laughs> of the, the show. We're good to go. Fire in the sky. The Travis Walton abduction. Yeah. You would jump right into it? Well, I don't know. Sure. Well, what, what else you guys want to chat about? <laughs> I'm, I'm open. Time at the constant rain we've been having right. or... Country Mike again? Country Mike. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We might have to call him back up. He doesn't, he won't show up unless he's invited and he requires like a, a week or two notice. So he's very, he's very formal with that stuff. You'd never guess it. He sounds like a formal guy. He's a very formal individual. Does he have to travel up here from Arkansas? Is that the advance yeah. notice? He brings his RV up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's jump into it. On November 5th, 1975, Travis Walton, his best friend Mike Rogers, and five other loggers, Ken Peterson, John Goulet, Stephen Pierce, Alan Dallas, and Dwayne Smith, were doing a logging job near Turkey Springs, Arizona. So Mike had a contract where he was going to clear out brush, like diseased and old trees to make room for for more growth and stuff. But he had taken on two contracts at the same time. So they were working dawn till dusk to try and get get this contract done on time. That doesn't sound very efficient, taking two contracts at once. No, he's just trying to make some money. It's poor time management, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> if only he had someone like Mr. Muggs there running his schedule. Yeah, yeah. Or just there kind of, you know, overseeing the job, cracking the whip. Fuck schedule, log schedule. Mr. Muggs could do either. Right. Would you say you needed Google Analytics last time? Or <laughs> Google Analytics. I'm just saying if Mr. Muggs Google can, Docs. can yeah. clear out a jungle, which is dense as that is, and build a community, he'd have no trouble with fucking an Arizona woods. Yeah. Knocking down some trees. Yeah, he'd have plenty of time for that fuck schedule. (laughs) Mugs for jugs. So around 7 p.m., the seven men were on their way back to Snowflake, Arizona, when they saw a strange fire-like yellow light just above the tree line. So they, they thought it was a fire, but they smelled no smoke and didn't hear any sounds. And as they got closer, they saw the light was actually coming from a golden UFO that was shaped like a classic flying saucer. And they said it was like two pie pans, like one on the bottom, one on the top. Mm, together. Yeah. Mike Rogers stepped out of the truck. And as they watched the UFO hover silently, it shot out a, a beam of blue light directly below it. 
and we'll get into why later, but Travis decided that he had to get a closer look. So he opened the passenger side door and the guys, some of the guys recollections was that he already had the door open as they were pulling up, like he was ready to go. And he just hopped out of the truck and walked toward the UFO while the rest of the crew was telling him to, to get back in the truck. Like, you know, get the fuck out of there. This we, sounds like something you'd be doing. That's what I was saying. Is that what we think Ian would do? Uh, absolutely. A hundred percent. He'd be like, crawling out the window before we even pulled over <laughs> let me at him yeah. uh, are we going to talk about the movie throughout this and reference from the movie or yeah we can talk okay. about it throughout yeah for sure so if they want to do like a watch along while we're talking they yeah. can watch the movie while, while well we're we can bring it up story. we can bring up now the movie they have well the real story they say golden you know pie shaped ufo but in the movie it's like bright red yeah it's got this like organic looking pulsating living yeah, yeah. looks like there's veins going through it yeah and stuff. It had the Hollywood treatment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, terrible movie. It's not great. It is not great movie. The it's acting cheesy. Is, it's cheesy. The acting is awful. Um, like you said, the abduction scene's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the scenes at the end are pretty cool when he's in the 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 UFO, but that's not really true to the story. Right, yeah. Starring Cleveland's own Robert Patrick, though. Well, there we go. There's mm-hmm. that. I couldn't remember his name yeah. the whole time I was watching yeah. it. Which one is that? I have no Mike idea. Rogers. Oh, okay. The guy, he's uh, he's from Bay Village. His brother's um, Richard Patrick from Filter. Oh, really? Yeah, they're from they're from Cleveland. It's a whole fucking famous family. Absolutely. So as Travis got closer, he said he could hear sounds that sounded like faint sound of heavy machinery with high-pitched beeps underneath of it. So, and that kind of goes back to Betty and Barney Hill with the beeping. And I think Mothman had some beeping going mm-hmm. on too. Mm-hmm. When Travis was directly under the blue beam of light, he said the sounds got louder and it sounded like a turbine. All the men, including Travis, said they started to be able to like feel the sound like stuff was vibrating. The craft then moved for the first time and they said it kind of wobbled back and forth Travis decided now at this point now it started moving that he should probably take a step back oh now he realizes (laughs) shit I should step back that he was fucking around with something that he didn't you know shouldn't be messing around with and then the light changed from blue to like a bluish green just after the beam changed colors Travis was picked up presumably by the beam of light and thrown 10 feet back and landed on his right shoulder So thinking that the UFO had killed Travis in a panic, Mike Rogers started up the truck and just took off, started driving frantically away. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) It's good to know. So much for uh, no soldier left behind. Yeah, it's interesting how it's represented in the movie. He's dead. Like, they didn't get out. They didn't get a closer look at him. All he did was fling him back a few feet. Yeah. And And they made a broad assumption that he was dead. Right. You know. And that seems pretty accurate to the real story because it throws him and they're like, fuck it, we're out of here. He's dead. Get out of here. Thanks, pal. It's a good best friend he's got yeah, there with Mike exactly. Rogers. If only they had Jim Ross calling it. By God, they killed him! <laughs> Somebody stop the damn match! Oh, <laughs> uh, So yeah, they were tearing through, just smashing through tree branches and stuff, and the, the road was really like a real treacherous, uh, treacherous road, and it was filled with potholes that they called thank you, ma'ams, because when they hit them in the truck, they went wham-bam. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. That's that's like a logger joke there. (laughs) You know that that inside logger humor. (laughs) I'm not nearly masculine enough to be a logger, nor think that joke is all that great. You sure about that, Paul Bunyan? I think you make a great logger. (laughs) Yeah, you know me. I don't even know which end of the hammer to use half the time. (laughs) He'd knock himself out with the axe (laughs) handle. So they, they stopped the truck a few miles down the road and they were arguing with each other about whether they should go back and, and look for Travis. And so Mike Rogers decided he was going to go back and the rest of the crew could stay behind if they wanted to. But they ultimately all decided to go back. And in the movie, only Mike went back. Yeah. They really didn't even show that part. No. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember seeing that. They kind of skimmed over yeah. it. Yeah. 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 They, they, that like that would have been was... a better scene to leave in than half the shit they left <laughs> into that movie. <laughs> my opinion uh when they got back to the scene there was no sign of travis but in the distance they said they saw the ufo just kind of rise up and and fly away at at like impossible speeds that's a common statement we've heard that before right impossible speeds yeah they always say that they're always super fast what doesn't always say like like they'll hover and then they'll just take off Mm -hmm. and like they'll just be gone just you know, like that. That's probably why, I mean, if something can go that fast, it's probably not a good idea to just go and fucking stand right underneath of 
probably start messing around. Probably not. Don't you think something that could move that fast probably had noise suppression and wouldn't be as loud as a turbine, though? He said the way he said it was that he didn't hear it like that until he got directly underneath it. Like when they were in the back, it was silent. But as he got closer, it was Hmm. louder. Okay. And then when he was right underneath of it is when... That's a little different. Maybe that noise was the doors opening to suck his body up. Maybe. Maybe. So they drove back into town and called the police, which at this point was about an hour and a half after the alleged incident. Deputy Sheriff Chuck Ellison met the men in the parking lot of a shopping plaza, finding them all to be visibly upset with some of them looking like they were about to cry. Ellison got together a group of the officers to go search the area, but they found nothing. The police informed Travis's mother, who was very calm about the situation, which is something debunkers point out, that she was just like... Like that he told her he was planning it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to ask why the debunkers would pick up on that, like what their specific reasoning was. Right. Guess what I'm going to do, Mom? (laughs) I'm going into UFO. And we'll get into the debunking at the end. Yeah. We'll talk about some of those theories. Within two days, the story had gone worldwide, and uh, UFO investigators started arriving in Snowflake, Arizona by the dozens. Well, hang on. MUFON or NICAP? All of them. Okay. All of them. Literally. Aren't you guys impressed I remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember those two. I don't know why those stuck in my head, but I remember. MUFON are the okay ones. NICAP's the real super aggressive ones. When we'll get into it later, too. Like we said before, they all fight with each other, and they're always arguing and shit. But this is like the heyday for this is like really the prime time for for these groups because the government, I think it was 68, the government killed Project Blue Book mm-hmm. and all that stuff and basically said, we don't give a shit anymore. We don't, UFOs aren't real. We're not going to look into them anymore. So that's what sparked all these UFO groups. And this was like the first big one. If only they could have worked together, what could they have accomplished? Yeah, well, you know what? Down the road, when we do a Skinwalker Ranch episode, we'll see what happens when they try to get together and how terribly that fails. Teaser. Yeah. Um, Is there a shootout, like a gang shootout? No, they basically just fought <laughs> with each other and blew all the government funding that they that they got. <laughs> they got it all taken away from them because they fought too much. Smart. <laughs> Way to go, guys. So the police were working on a theory that Travis had been killed on purpose or accident, which makes sense. I mean, of course, guy's missing. And so, yeah, and the police thought that they came up with the UFO story as a cover. When Travis hadn't shown up by Monday, all six of the men were given polygraph tests. They were asked if they caused physical harm to Travis, if his body was buried in or around where they were working, and if they had actually seen a UFO. They answered no to the first two questions and yes to the third, and five out of the six men passed the test. The six came out inconclusive, which was Alan da- Alan Dallas, who was just a drifter that didn't like to be asked questions, so he didn't do it. He just moved around the whole time and wouldn't give... He was the bad boy of the group. Yeah. He's the one that didn't like Travis. Yeah. I don't know if that was real in or the not, movie. but it represented in the, movie. In the movie. Yeah. And they, you know, as far as looks, they kind of, I don't, they didn't really represent him right, because in the... I think it's the book which that Travis Walton wrote that they all had like man mustaches mm. except for Alan Dallas had a beard so he was all shady looking because right. everyone else had these sweet mustaches. Well, if you're a logger, you have to have yeah. a mustache and wear your flannel. And a cool and, flannel shirt, right? Yeah. And be on brawny man paper towel roll. Hey, Cleveland was at one time home of the Cleveland Lumberjacks mm-hmm. IHL minor league hockey team. That's Just true. saying. I remember. So the, the believers actually outweighed the skeptics in Snowflake with Travis's mother and his um, and his one brother Dwayne being the biggest believers. In an interview, Dwayne said that he believed the UFOs were peaceful and he thought Travis would be returned safely. It's another thing the the bunkers pull out is like you're talking like he's going to be returned by these UFOs. You know, the family didn't seem very concerned. Right, overly optimistic for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not how the movie had it. He was uh, roughing up Mike in the movie. He was pissed. Yeah, he was not thrilled. But in real life... For those life, of you watching the movie yeah. right now at home... <laughs> in real life, Dwayne was all about it. It is available on Hulu, by the way. If you have Hulu, uh, a subscription, it's available on that. For Amazon Prime, to too. It. Yeah, that's My, where I watched it. I checked it. Amazon Prime and it was, gonna, it was charging me watched last it, night. Watched it today? That's weird. I checked it last night and it was going to make me pay three ninety nine. so I checked Hulu and it was free. No, well, I watched it And today. you can probably find this shitty movie on YouTube, let's be honest. <laughs> it's probably there. I think it, I heard if you play Dark Side of the Moon along with the movie, something cool happened. Oh, yeah? No, that's not oh. true. No, I think it's Kiss Love Gun. <laughs> if you play the Kiss Love Gun album from 1977. <laughs> 
Or when was this, 75? Maybe it was Dressed to Kill. That was huh. Kiss. Dressed to Kill was 75. Yeah, I, have, I have no idea. When was that when this happened? Oh, yeah, 75. Right. It's Kiss, Dressed to Kill played along with the movie. I'm guessing there's very few Kiss fans in our audience. Stop it. Everybody's a Kiss fan. <laughs> World's most popular band, officially. It's on Wikipedia. I put it there. Dwayne said he was so confident that his brother wasn't in danger. The only thing that bothered him was that he wasn't in the UFO with him. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's his concern. Travis and his brother Dwayne had many conversations over the years on what they would do if they saw a UFO. And both of them agreed that the best thing to do would be, and this is a quote, immediately get directly underneath the object as physically as possible to maximize the possibility of getting abducted. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there's a lot of suspicious things building up in this story. So, Dwayne and Travis also agreed that once on said UFO, they would convince the aliens to go pick up the other brother. (laughs) Because they're going to be sitting there like in the back seat of this thing, like telling, oh, hey, go pick up my brother. Please go pick up my brother. You got to stop at Dwayne's house. Come on. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works, but... Yeah, let's ask uh, Barney Hill how it works. He did not have a good time. Shoved up your asshole. Semen extraction. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, Barney was right. not thrilled with that's it. That's the worst part even. Jeez. <laughs> Barney's probably got a bunch of alien kids walking around up in some planet that they uh human hybrids. Yeah. Maybe so. What else did they use it for? <laughs> You're looking at me like I have the answers. <laughs> you always seem to be a Betty and Barney expert. Yeah. Well, yeah. That it was all made up and they were drug addicts. <laughs> the only semen he lost that night was whatever Betty took from him when he was drugged up and passed out on the bed. <laughs> just my thoughts. And moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family was then contacted by a, na- a man named William Spaulding. He was the Western director for the Ground Saucer Watch, which we've never talked about the GSW before, but they're another another one of those civilian UFO groups. Spaulding told Dwayne that he would provide a free medical examination by a doctor for Travis upon his return, stating that it was very important to collect a sample of Travis's, quote, first voided specimen. What, uh, what does that mean exactly? He just wanted to test his piss. <laughs> oh, that kind of specimen. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. We don't know. That's kind of vague. So Travis, at this point, had been missing for for five days, and you know it's depicted in the movie. But they these guys were getting grilled by the police over this. I bet, yeah, thinking that they had killed this guy or something. And I'm sure even some of the townspeople, oh yeah, who they were you know close with and knew. You said the majority of people kind of believed them, but the people that didn't probably yeah. thought that they were they were shady individuals well it was a tiny town too it's like everybody right. knew each yeah. other did they send out big search parties like they depicted in the movie you know going up and down the mountain looking for you them? know i don't know I, 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 people did search you know um i don't know if they had dogs and helicopters out there and shit like yeah it was movie. a massive search in yeah the movie. On November 10th, 1975, at 12.01 a.m., Travis's sister got a collect call from a payphone at an Exxon gas station about 30 miles away from Snowflake. Dwayne and his sister got into their truck, and they found Travis dehydrated, incoherent, and terrified, huddled up into a phone booth. And he was not naked, like the movie depicts. So instead of immediately letting the police know that Travis had been found, Dwayne called William Spaulding from the GSW to get that free doctor exam. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So so they drove 144 miles in the middle of the night to Phoenix, Arizona. Anything to save on that copay, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) And they met with a guy named uh, Dr. Lester Stewart. However, when they asked for the credentials, they found that this guy actually was not a doctor. He was a hypnotherapist. Uh, (laughs) Mike's kind of doctor. He could treat Mike. So he's legit, guys. Lesser was a medic in the army and just decided that he was now a doctor. Oh, well, he was a medic in the army. He's already too qualified to be a hypnotherapist. <laughs> so about 45 minutes later, they headed back to Snowflake because they weren't going to let this guy uh, let this guy touch Travis. That's probably a pretty reasonable uh, decision. Well, the reasonable thing to do would have been just to call the police and say, hey, yeah. this missing guy's yeah. been found. That's who we found. Remember Travis? <laughs> 
So by the end of November 10th, the Walton family had received a phone call from another UFO organization called the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. Did you have any idea there were so many UFO research organizations? It's crazy. I did not. I'm sure Ian did. Oh, he, I'm sure he knew. No, no, because especially because we've covered a few of these now and I've not heard. We've only talked about NICAP and MUFON, really. Yeah. It's a new one every time. Yeah. We're going to be experts at these by the end. Right. We're going to be like, oh, you mean AC... Four two nine six three. <laughs> Are all these still around? Seems like this kind of activity is not too yeah, I don't frequent anymore. Know about the GSW? I ninety nine percent sure APRO is. I know mm. MUFON and NICAP are. I was looking at MUFON, or yeah, MUFON's website the other day. 300 bucks a year to be a VIP uh, investigator. Excellent. You get all kind of bonuses, too. You have to pay or they pay you? No, you get, you pay them. <laughs> you pay them to work for them? Yeah. Get out of town. I'm thinking they'll give you 300 bucks a year if you actually get some good stuff for them. Oh, no, no, no. You get a hat and coffee cut, <laughs> coffee mug, like a little kind of badge stuff. and a magnifying glass. <laughs> One of those hats that goes backwards, like uh, who was that? Sherlock Holmes, like, a, like an investigator hat. You get a commemorative kind of Betty Hill pin for your jacket. <laughs> no, they just give you a needle. <laughs> <laughs> So most of these organizations are low on money, but APRO had made allies with the National Enquirer, so they were getting funding from them. Like we were saying earlier, the there's no other community like the UFO community that has so much infighting amongst the groups. Three weeks before the Travis Walton abduction, there was a conference held between all the major civilian UFO groups to kind of make peace with each other. So here's a review from that meeting that was published in a GSW. W newsletter. And during October of last year, I was a participant at the National UFO Conference in Fort Smith, Arkansas. The theme of the meeting was united for objectivity. In all fairness to Bill Pitts, the, organi- the organizer of the broad undertaking, it was a monumental achievement, bringing together all the major civilian organizations' leaders under one building at one time. <laughs> hard to read like this. Uh, We left Fort Smith with mixed but good feelings. Unfortunately, no high-level resolutions were established, nor were any serious objectives planned for the future. On the plus side, I felt... I felt the pretty ill feelings existing between the organizations were settled, and now some constructive teamwork could be accomplished in the 70s. Uh. That was really hard to do. Oh, I'm sweating now. That was impressive. Yeah. Thanks. That's Nerd Mike. <laughs> does Nerd Mike have a pocket protector? Yeah, he most certainly does. <laughs> so now we got three characters. Guess so. He's Country I Mike. I like to think he's Horshack meets Steve Urkel meets <laughs> Carlton Banks. But that's when you see him on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. I like it. So the the this this peace treaty or whatever it was uh, it was short lived because the teaming up of APRO and the National Enquirer would cause a pretty much forever split between the organizations. Bad blood. Yeah. Through the funding from the National Enquirer, APRO was able to hire their own hypnotherapist. This hypnosis hypnosis session was able to unlock the lost memory that Travis had from his experience on the UFO. Travis's website states that the hypnosis merely helped him to better verbalize his experience. Oh, okay. It did not actually like bring the, these lost memories that he couldn't remember. He always had the memories. He just had trouble. So he just had to. He them. had to concentrate really hard, and he was able to remember. He figure out how to verbalize what he saw. That's what it said. And we'll tweet out his website too. It's not great. No, it's not. Well, are any of these UFO websites <laughs> great? They haven't been updated since 1975 when all this happened. You know what's funny? If you Google Travis Walton, it says. He comes up as an actor, but the picture is one of his buddies, the witnesses. So he doesn't even have his, his own picture doesn't even come up. Poor guy. Yeah, Mufon's is it's okay. It's not it's not great, but it's the the best out of the bunch, I guess. Their website. Yeah, it's all right for those of you that want to search the Mufon website and pay three hundred bucks to work for them. <laughs> Was it MUFON that you were saying before? Was yeah. it them? Yeah. I don't know what it costs to be to be with NICAF or any of the other ones, but they all need money, so you got to pay to work. You could put that on your resume, though. VIP alien uh, <laughs> investigator. Hey, I'd hire you and then laugh at you. <laughs> I'd hire you for comedy fodder. <laughs> 
so yeah this is his account and stuff when he woke up he was laying on a table in a room um he said it was hot and humid and that the air was so wet that he could hardly breathe so he was in florida <laughs> yeah sounds like it <laughs> maybe he just went down to florida for five days yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be a terrible experience i would have rather be abducted by aliens he said the room was all like a brush metal gray and had no seams like there were no uh like everything was just flat and smooth as his eyes adjusted he said there were alien beings surrounding him they were little under five feet tall with large bald dome heads like basically the classic gray they had the big eyes but he said that they were brown not black like like everything else and when they blinked he said their eyelids slid down and then rolled back up like almost like a like a window shade or whatever that's pretty cool yeah i'd like to see that yeah. He said their skin was white, and he used the word marshmallowy. So I don't really know. Like the Stay Puff Marshmallow yeah. Man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that means puffy or like the texture of like a marshmallow. Whatever. Hypnotism brought that out of him, right? So... <laughs> He also said that their mouth, nose, and ears were tiny. That's something you don't really hear too much is that they have ears. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah, or really a nose, but, man. Have have you seen pictures or, like, depictions of what he described? Yeah, there's drawings out there. Yeah. Are they similar to the hills? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So Travis, obviously being scared, he started freaking out and hit the one, the alien that was standing to his right. He said they were surprisingly light, and when he hit one, it just like fell over into the other one, and knocked them both down like like a domino. Yeah, but like he like he was uh, like it shouldn't have been that easy to knock them yeah, down. Yeah, he was surprised by how weak they were. Right. Travis stood up and and staggered backwards to the wall behind him, and he saw a clear tube on the wall and thought breaking it, he could break it off and use it as a weapon but he found that he that it was like unbreakable he said while he was uh trying to break off the tube the aliens put their hands up and what he felt like was a gesture to to calm down when travis refused to calm down the aliens hurried out of the room down a hallway and turned to the right travis decided to follow down the hallway once he felt that the coast was clear but since the aliens went to the right he decided to go to the left Smart. Strategic thinking. (laughs) Travis walked down the hallway until a door opened on his right. When he walked in, he found a round room with a metal chair sitting in the middle facing away from him. He said he carefully approached the chair thinking that there might be someone sitting in it. He found that the closer he walked to the chair, the dimmer the lights got. As the lights got dimmer, he could see stars all around him on the ceiling and the floor. So it was like almost like a big... Uh, Planetarium? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I like planetariums. Yeah, fun. that's mm-hmm. fun. What's that app that we use? Uh, Skyview. That you and Angie use. Dude, yeah. that Skyview app. Anyone who's into uh, astronomy or just you know looking up at the stars or whatever, dude, that Skyview app is fantastic. And it's free. Check it out. I'm not a paid advertiser. (laughs) But you'd like to be one. I would love to be one. Skyview, if you're listening, hit us up. When he got to the chair, he found that there was a panel of buttons and a small green screen on the right-hand side of the chair. And the left side of the chair had had a lever. On the wall directly in front of the chair, he said there were rectangular patterns that he thought might be doors. So he started pushing buttons thinking that they would open. When nothing happened, he decided to start pulling the lever. And when he did this, he said the stars in the room started moving. Moving, like it was almost some kind of map. Good thing it wasn't the self-destruct button, right? Well, he'd have been in big trouble. He already walked right underneath the, the UFO. I don't think he really cared <laughs> about what true. buttons he was pushing. Good point. <laughs> Not a deep thinker, this guy. As soon as he stopped messing around with stuff, he heard a noise. When he turned around, he said he saw a man standing there. That looked like a normal white guy with blonde hair. The only thing odd about him was that he said his eyes were larger than normal and the color in his eyes was gold. He said this man was wearing a tight blue jumpsuit and had a clear bubble helmet covering his head. Travis started yelling and screaming at the man, but he said nothing and just smiled back at Travis. He waited. Yeah. Like the, uh, the grinning man. Right. He waited for Travis to calm down and then took him by the arm to lead him to another room. Travis went with him because he figured the guy couldn't hear him because of his helmet and would possibly help him. They walked into an airlock and when they entered, the, the humid wet air 
turned into like a he said a cool refreshing air oh so they flew from florida to north carolina that's nice (laughs) travis thought this area was some sort of a hangar because he said there were three ufos parked that looked like the one that had had taken him once they were through the hangar area and into another room travis was met with two other men and a woman who all had the same features as the as the guy who brought him in there but these three weren't wearing helmets and when travis tried to ask them what was going on they just stared and smiled at him so no one was talking to him or no one was giving him Hmm. an answer but maybe they didn't know what he was saying yeah they probably didn't yeah because you would presume that they're... And again, the smiling, like we talked about with the Grinning Man, maybe that's what they perceived as a comfort right. to humans is smiling. So they just keep smiles on their face the whole time to make it seem like they're trying to be... That's what how they know to be pleasant. Yeah. The woman started, started leading Travis to another table, but Travis started kind of freaking out again. And the woman grabbed a plastic face mask that had a black sphere on the back of it. And it had no tube coming out of it. It was just like a face mask. And she put it over his face... And before he could reach up to pull it up, pull it off, he went unconscious. The next thing he knew, he was standing on the side of a highway and saw the UFO shoot straight up into the air and disappeared. And out of the five days he was missing, this is the only memory that that Travis could could give back. I mean, compared to some of these other stories, it's pretty benign and, you know... It's not very traumatic. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing too crazy. No. Based on what he's saying. The, the movie mo- had a whole different Yeah, depiction. the movie plays it the up. The movie got more, real but that's intense. Hollywood. Yeah. So what's this guy bitching about? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> and he wanted to do it. Yeah. He ran over there, got pulled up in the tractor beam. They were really nice to him. I guess in all yeah. fairness, he wasn't bitching really, was he? No, nah, you're right. Just telling his story through hypnosis. Yeah. At least the movie him. showed him so traumatized. Right. But yeah, I guess he Well, didn't. the movie also didn't necessarily show that he was excited about it nor his brother. Yeah. He was just curious and left right. the, yeah. the vehicle. Are there interviews with him right after it happened? I'd be curious to see. With Travis? Yeah. Like local news or anything, you know, right after this happened? It's after, um, it's a couple days after. It's okay. after the hypnosis, I believe. But there's actual video interviews on him? Did he seem depressed or happy-go-lucky? Just... He just seemed just like uh, a dude. Yeah, basically. Hmm. Yeah, I know they wanted him to do. They were bugging him for a while to do uh, to do interviews and stuff, but he he wouldn't do them. Hmm. But yeah, I mean the the movie makes it out like it's real intense, and there's like that dead body in that pod and shit. Oh that yeah, he puts his hand right. through. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. That was creepy. Yeah, it's all kind of crazy shit. He's and they're like floating through like that whole area. <laughs> that was really creepy. And they put that black goo in his mouth and stuff. It was also trippy because I was like right on that verge of like falling asleep while watching it yeah. so like I almost felt like I was in a dream then I'm watching all this creepy stuff and I'm just like what is going on right now yeah. you could have had sleep paralysis that would have been terrible yeah that would have been bad we've talked about that on the air yeah mm-hmm. I know that has happened mm. you're susceptible to that I am very susceptible. But it, it's not triggered by anything like that, though. Like, I, I don't, at least if, if there is something I, I've not noticed, it just, when it happens, it'll typically happen. The last time it happened to me, it happened about like three times over the course of an hour. I kept falling asleep, waking up with it, falling asleep, waking up with it, or allegedly waking up with it. Because right. my demeanor when it happens is always so calm that I might be dreaming it and it's not real. I don't know. It's very weird nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people say that when they wake up, they panic because it's happening because you can't move. Move, right. I've never felt that way. Like I, I tell myself, oh, you're having sleep paralysis. Just go back to sleep and you'll wake up in a little bit and be fine. And then that's what happens. So that's why I say maybe I'm just dreaming that it's actually happening. Yeah. Know? It's not so bad when you can remain calm like that. Right. Well, yeah. it's still not fun. Right. But yeah. It's not terrifying. It's not terrifying one bit. And again, I've never had like that person, like the demon on my chest that they talk about. Yeah, like the the black, the black, the the, uh, like the shadow people. Never anything like that. Yeah, the other interesting thing too with the movie versus this is they don't talk about the white people, the the blonde people with the gold eyes, or they don't show them at all. No, they kind of replace that scene with uh, the scene, like they replace that part of the story with the scene where he's in like the crypt with the other body. Yeah, yeah. There's no, he didn't get to even a chair, did he? There's no chair scene. No, there's nothing. And now a word from our sponsors. We like to drink beer, a lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean. Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. 
Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. So after the hypnosis thing, APRA set up a, an examination with a real doctor, and it was found that Travis had a small red puncture wound on his near his elbow. It's an odd place to shoot up. <laughs> did Betty teach him that? <laughs> Whatever weird trick she did back in the was it? Where was she, the 60s? Yeah, okay. 60. Two? Were you 61? joking earlier when you said they hung out at conventions? No, I'm serious. There's pictures of them. Really? Of you. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> We're, I'm finding that photo. We're posting that one. There's video. I was watching videos of Travis speaking at you know later conventions and stuff, and there's 20 people in the room. <laughs> we should go to one of these sometime. <laughs> that would be fantastic. It has to be wild. I would love it. Out in Roswell. You watched the the Richard Doty one, didn't you? The yeah. Mirage one? Yeah. There was that UFO convention yeah. in that one. <laughs> I would love to go to one of those. I'd be all about it. Road trip. Go to a good one where like Stanton Friedman's talking or something. That'd be fun. So yeah, the the so this puncture wound looked like it came from a hypodermic needle. The urine analysis also showed a lack of ketones, which implied that Travis had been eating for the past five days. So like ketone. He wasn't on that keto diet. Is that what it is? That what keto? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're okay. in ketosis. You knock your body. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you put your body in ketosis. It's like where well, I don't know where it goes from there. Well, but it's that's your just- body eating itself instead of right. Yeah, I didn't know if that was. No, I didn't know if you were making a joke or nope. if that was for real. No, that's it. Well, I don't think he was on the keto diet. <laughs> they confirm that. It was a carb-free uh, uh, UFO. <laughs> that's why they were so weak. They got pushed over so easily. <laughs> Homies need to eat like a pizza. Well, actually, they did. They found ketones, so it was not a carb-free UFO. Yeah, that's true. They were eating all the food up yeah. there. Okay, so chowing never, down. Never mind. They're eating Birthday everything. cake and bagels. If only he remembered it. <laughs> um, all, Travis also had no signs of injuries, which you would assume he would have at least some kind of bruises on him or something from being thrown back 10 feet. He believes that the aliens took him to help heal him because being a jackass, he just walked right underneath of a UFO beam and got so himself. So they were like, oh, our bad. Let's bring you up here and fix you for yeah. five days. Yeah. Seems legit. It wasn't even that big of a fall. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, what if that? I don't know. Well, who knows you what said, the beam would do to him? He landed on his shoulder. So what? You knock your shoulder out of place, out of the socket. So the blind spot here is that he got thrown ten feet. Everyone laughed, and we don't know what happened after he was knocked unconscious right. until he got into the spacecraft. I think it's pretty. Did he get up, get mad, and start obvious they flipping him off? His body up into the craft, right? <laughs> he was unconscious for five days. Is that what happened? But he was just sitting out in the woods unconscious for five days. No, they oh, they took oh, his body up oh. in the ship. But was knocking him up, throwing him ten feet, the warning shot, and he's like, "Hey, fuckers!" And he went right right back under the <laughs> well, beam and that like, we, "All right, guy, if you're asking for it now, that we don't know." Yeah. Well, he uh, yeah, he he said that he feels like the little bit that he remembers is like he woke up during during something that he shouldn't have woken up for, like that they were trying to fix him. Yeah. So maybe that's it. They were on a fact finding mission to Earth. He accidentally got hurt because. He stepped under their, you know, whatever they were doing, and like, yeah. all right, we got to fix this dumbass. Yeah, this fucking it's Yahoo uh, logger goes walking up underneath <laughs> their ship. <laughs> right now, we got to deal with this mess. So, as the story grew with APRA's investigation, this brought out the debunkers, mainly one named Philip Class, who we know that Ian loves from previous episodes. He- so, finally, it's the hero of the story. Uh, fucking. I've been called the Philip Cl- uh, Class of my day. <laughs> Move class is a fucking piece of shit. I love debunking stories, and and character assassination (laughs) is the best form of assassination. When you can just totally ruin someone, that's the best. This guy does it with a vengeance. Yeah. He made his life's work to debunk UFOs, but like you were saying, the character assassination, harassment, to go after witnesses of UFOs and top researchers like Stanton Friedman and J. Allen Hynek. And I mean, there's shit that's been found through digging through FBI files and stuff where he's just blasting Stan Friedman, trying to derail his whole career. And, and that's look, your boy. Yeah. And the same with J. Allen Hynek, too. I love J. 
Jalen and Hynek. And have we, we haven't talked about Hynek, have we? Mm-mm, not yet. Do we know why class? Like, what was his motive? I don't know. There, some people think that he was actually, like, being paid by the government to go mm-hmm. and, and discredit this stuff. But then the FBI released files that they had on him and... They weren't claiming No, him. they didn't like they him like, either. This guy's not our fucking problem. <laughs> they were our ass We agree too. he's an asshole. Yeah. So that was the one thing that the UFO community agreed on with the government also was that Philip Class was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. No one fucking likes Philip Class. So after the medical examination, APRA set up a polygraph test for Travis to take because all the other guys had, had taken the polygraph and passed it. Right. So during this polygraph test, it was found that Travis had smoked weed a couple times and took some speed in the past. Ah, Does that mean a couple times that day? Because no, if it no, doesn't, then it's ridiculous. In the past. Irrelevant. Well, he yeah. was working that day, and I think they actually have like the cell phone data that shows he had talked with Betty Hill, but because he was working, they couldn't meet up that day the next five days though they had a party <laughs> and this is something that 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 philip class would bring up for years when trying to debunk this case saying that travis was a known drug user and class came up with the theory that the puncture wound on travis's elbow was from travis injecting a mixture of acid and angel dust interesting but it, that makes no fucking sense that's not even a drug combination Com- that's not a thing <laughs> sorry I, phil that's not a thing i feel like what that would fucking phil- like kill you or make you go yeah. crazy what was Phil Class basing that on or just literally making something up because now there was evidence that this guy had used some drugs in the past. Yeah. So now let's just make him out to be a big piece of shit. Right. Like I would do. He. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just going with that. And he would also bring up the fact that when Travis was 16, he and one of his friends stole some payroll checks and forged them for cash. But that has nothing to do with UFO stuff. I mean, it just means he's a dishonest person. When he was I 16? Believe, I don't believe dishonest people. I mean, I've never done anything like that but i mean i did some stupid shit it's a stretch it's a big stretch (laughs) how old how old was he now he was 22 when this happened six years later he's still immature (laughs) just just saying so he's a drug user and a criminal yeah because he smoked weed a couple times in his life well maybe that hour speed and speed we're not talking about just a plant we're talking about speed now too everybody was doing speed back then hardcore narcotics and he's a criminal i'm just throwing that out there so now you believe what you want but i'm just saying narcotics yeah we're gonna have to discuss the the definition of narcotics there buddy hardcore narcotics (laughs) is the way i understand (laughs) what he's doing there's rumors of angel dust and cocaine there's not rumors there's (laughs) philip class (laughs) saying it he only said it because you said it (laughs) Speed was prescribed <laughs> over the like it was prescribed by doctors back For then. Diets, yeah, yeah, maybe. But now he's mixing it with weed and angel dust. These are hardcore narcotics, guys. <laughs> and he's a thief. <laughs> oh man! See, let me let me point out something here, Betty. Is dead and cannot sue you for libel. Travis Walton <laughs> is alive and well and maybe listening to this. So I would tread easy on the drug addict reference. I'm basing it off what Philip Class is saying. Yeah, we might get some uh, some UFO people listening to this, some some GSW guys or some APRO guys. Well, we didn't chat off. on them, have we? Other than Nerd Mike coming in here. Yeah. That's all. No, he did was. In all fairness, that's probably pretty. Well, accurate. if Philip Class hasn't been sued, he's dead. He's dead too. Yeah. But he was alive at one point. Yeah. Did, did anyone ever go after him? Sue him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a stretch, though. I mean, that's <laughs> like why, like the the what is it? The what what did he say? Robbing a store or or he just, stealing? He from forged store? some checks. For, yeah. It's who stupid. doesn't forge some checks when you're sixteen? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kidding me. So like, and they they base a lot of this stuff on the polygraph tests. And in my opinion, you can't. They they don't hold up in court because they're not accurate. Yeah, I mean they're they're not accurate at all. But Travis and the rest of the guys they passed everyone they've taken and not exactly true so i I was just watching youtube and you guys remember that movie not movie the uh the game show the moment of truth where they gave people a bunch of lie detector tests well travis walton was on this show a couple years ago really and the question about was he ever abducted by aliens was deemed to be false by a game show Yeah. yeah but it was lie detectors that they gave them really before the show and then on the show, like two different sets, and that that question he was uh, came up false. He was shocked. They were they panned in on him when they said false, he, and he just <gasps> he was shocked that they said false. 
<laughs> and the you audience was booing are him. The it was father. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the audience booed him, and then he went in shame, and then executive producer Philip Class. <laughs> it's a fucking government disinformation <laughs> operation going on at that game show. <laughs> So, right. Now so, Ian hates that show. <laughs> What's funny is I'm shitting on all this, and I actually believe this story. I actually do. I'm a believer of this one. Yeah, I believe this one. Well, because they were they were saying that well, I'm blowing of, our load here before we get to the end. But they were saying the odds of these guys passing this many tests with the same story is pretty much astronomical. The odds of it, you know, but and they're all still sticking to it. Yeah, too. and it's the same exact story. It's it's never changed. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to jump to the conclusion. Oh there. no, that's fine. But that didn't stop Philip Class because he he did this up until the day he died. It, he never gave up on this fucking story, and he made these guys' lives miserable. He would just hound them with letters, phone calls, and he even tracked them down when these guys had moved and didn't leave forwarding addresses and stuff. Like, he was relentless. So it was just harassment at this point. Yeah. He would come to their homes personally and try to get them to recant their story. He even offered offered Stephen Pierce uh, $10,000 to recant, and he wouldn't. And Stephen Pierce was the youngest one of the crew. I think he's played by the E.T. kid in the movie. Henry Thomas. Yeah. yeah. yeah he hated Travis Walton for a long time. Even at this time when he hmm. was offered the $10,000 because of what it had done to his yeah. life. And uh, and the fact that he was crying, and he's always been like said that he was the one that was crying. He yeah. was not thrilled with with that detail yeah. going out. <laughs> but there's video from a couple years ago where he was on a panel with. Uh, yeah, they've with made Travis. Up. Yeah, yeah. But they, for the they, longest time, he hated him and didn't want anything to do with any huh. of this. Coincidentally, like I said earlier, that Travis's picture doesn't show up. It's uh, Stephen Pierce's picture that shows up on Google. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Wow. Maybe that's how they yeah. made up. That was the deal. <laughs> well, whenever someone Googles your name, my picture will show up. Deal. I'm not mad at you right. anymore. Now I'll be the crybaby, but... It's kind of weird, actually. That know. his picture shows up. Yeah. yeah Unless I good. made a Google error. Well, can't we try it now? Yeah. Go it. for it. What am I looking up here? Um, Travis Walton. An actor comes up with a cowboy hat. Yeah. That's Stephen Pierce. <laughs> weird, right? Yeah, weird. And then when you go to the images... It's a clip from that movie, I think. I think that comes up. Is that Travis Walton? <laughs> That's when, if you go to images, yeah, that's the yeah. first one. But then the second one is the YouTube video with that. Yeah, that's Stephen Pierce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Kind of looks like Chuck Liddell. Yeah, he, he does. does look like Chuck Liddell. So yeah, and then and even uh, the one guy, Ken Peterson, moved to Mexico to get re- to get away from Philip Class and all his bullshit. Harassment, man. Yeah. So, class's biggest claim of debunking that he came up with was that these guys came up with the whole story, and Travis hid somewhere for five days so they could get out of this logging contract because Mike was going to lose money on it, and they would be able to say it was like an act of God that this happened so they could get out of the contract. Aren't there other ways that would be more believable to get out of it? Yeah. So, from what I was looking at too, they said they would just pay a penalty fee on it. Like it doesn't. This seems like it's so unreasonable reasonable to do something like that's this. a big stretch to go down just to get out of the Yeah. The that's how they made it sound in the movie, too. Like, they canceled the contract, so they weren't going to get paid at all. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like any other UFO story. It just comes down to what you believe happened, you know? I mean, there's a ton there's of There's not a lot to debunk it. No, I mean, the polygraph evidence is is huge, in my opinion, even though I don't think that they hold up in, in court and whatever. I mean, it, just the fact that they've taken so many over the years, regardless of the, the, the game show. I'm struggling to come up with any reason why I don't believe this. So Travis wrote a book. He got the movie deal. Do you think he spread the money around to the guys? I don't know how much money he actually made, because I was looking at the budget for the movie versus... What it made and they barely made a profit on that mm. movie i wonder why <laughs> oh god that was brutal. and i can't think he didn't i mean he didn't make i can't think he made a lot off the book and i can't imagine that the ufo conferences are paying him very much money to, right <laughs> to right. go talk at those so you yeah, know so i'm i mean it's kind of odd for me but i'm leaning towards i almost just believe this one i i don't i don't have anything telling me not that i that i don't believe them so i don't know it didn't seem like when this was happening and right after it happened, they were doing anything to seek attention. No. I guess is my biggest thing. Like they, It seemed like they did not want to be bothered by this. They wanted to find their friend. Yeah. And and then and, I, and I'm trying to separate the movie from the actual story because the movie obviously is a lot different. But it just seems like they just they 
they wanted to find their friend and they were really shooken up by it and that was that was it so I don't, I don't know the only person that was really doing anything was his brother Dwayne and he was just talking to all the UFO people that were coming into town because he was all about it he was waiting for him to pick him up <laughs> right sure he was really bummed that's the only people that his brother was talking to is just just the UFO people that were coming in so I mean I, I believe this one the stuff I look at is years later when no one has ever contradicted the story and everyone's right. sticking to their story just like last week with the with the Enfield yeah. thing no one had ever contradicted it and everyone and Stephen Pierce coming out I think it was 2015 when that documentary came out mm-hmm. and him interviewing like he had nothing to gain from, from coming right. out and talking about it again he had never talked about it publicly before. I mean, there was nothing to gain from doing that. And you could probably secure yourself 10, 15 grand by coming out and saying, I'll do an interview where I refute, you know, and talk yeah. about the hoax. Well, they were offered. Philip Class offered yeah. money. Fucking Philip Class. Yeah, I believe it. I kind of do too. The white aliens are interesting for when we get into, uh, start going down the road of the Nazis and Hitler and all that stuff. Like Madame Blavatsky. And, um, I don't know any of that. Yeah. She has all her, her six or eight six or eight races and the Aryans are one of them that sounds like a wild story yeah and Hitler had his his medium that's right that claim that she always goes back to him that's why I think with the white ones, I think, you know, it's interesting with those because it, yeah, it does tie back into that a little bit. But, yeah, I believe it. I have no reason not to believe it. The star map thing's interesting, too, because Betty said that she, uh, yeah. remember she had the, yeah. they had the star map? She drew it. She drew the Yeah, map. but she said it was like that. Like, it came down like a big, like a 3D kind of. That really fascinates me that they, they now hang out. Like, they were buds, not now. They were like buds after this and, like, got together. Yeah. And that did you watch the documentary on Amazon? The true it's okay, called the true story of Travis Walden. Yeah. There's a pic. They show a picture of her, him, and Betty hanging out yeah. at one of the conferences. That's awesome. Well, I mean, they've been the same experience. You might as well yeah. talk about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm buying this one. I don't. I don't have any reason not to. All right, Ian, you got anything else with uh, fire in the sky? It makes me reconsider getting close to a UFO if I ever see one. It's true. You were one of those people that said that you'd be out, out there trying to go see it and get close. Yeah. I wouldn't get right underneath of it, but... That wouldn't be wise, I don't think. No. I wouldn't <laughs> run away or anything. I would just stand there. I would probably keep a distance and watch. I think that's what I would Admire do. from afar? Yeah. From a, a distance. Quite a bit of a distance. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw something weird out there, you would... What, I mean, would you... I'd want to watch it and see what it was. Oh, yeah. For but sure. But it would be from a distance. I get close, I think. I don't think, I don't know how close I would get. I definitely wouldn't get right up underneath of it. Not smart. No. No, we saw how that ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool story. Yeah, it was a fun little story. I had fun going back and watching the movie. Hopefully all the Alien yeah. fans out there love this one. I, I did not have fun watching that movie, but it was all right. <laughs> like, I mean, if you want to watch the movie to go along with this story, go ahead. It's not quite the same thing, but gives you an, another unique view at it. Yeah. It's a little darker. Yeah. At least the abduction part. Yeah, that's for sure. You know what I like with the abduction thing, too, is how the aliens, like the typical gray look, is actually like a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the aliens were like, they look completely different outside of those suits. That was yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. All right. What do we got? Uh, shout outs. Uh, a couple of shout outs from Instagram. Pebbles and Matilda and Maddie Hathaway. And a shout out from Twitter. TV Tangents Podcast. Thanks for your support. Boom. Um, and I know, like we said last week, that we got uh, got a ton of ton of reviews coming in on iTunes. We got an, about another twenty this week altogether. So, so thanks everybody for for leaving reviews for us. Real nice. Shout outs for iTunes, K Train eighty eight, Mike Ford from Utah, Helia, and NC Skittles. Thank you guys. All right. Um... Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We are at Necronomapod. Um, reach out to us. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Let us know if there's anything you want us to maybe look into to cover in the future. And uh, like Ian said, if you get on iTunes and leave us a rating and review, that goes a long way to help us. So we'd really appreciate it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you, next week. you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. Cheers.